right. Uh, so this is going to be a fun one. I got uh, Steven Sosa on. He posted something the other day on Facebook. Uh, say like, uh, you, were you impressed how quickly I responded, Steven? Like after two minutes of it being live, he's like, I want to do a podcast on basketball with my friend, but my friend says he's too busy. And I was like, hey, do you just, hey, do you want to do one? I've been really impressed. Well, I mean, he didn't, he, I mean, I don't want to throw him under the bus right away. Off, but yeah, he he just it's not, he was like busy, you know, yeah, and um, uh, so I was like, eh, I guess we're not going to be able to do that. So I just posted on there because I was looking forward to it for a long time, and because I love to talk about basketball, you know that. Why? And why do you like and, basketball, um, dude? Uh, yeah, I love basketball, and and uh, uh, so I this guy he. He knows who he is. I kind of don't want to just say who he is. Oh, no, no, no. But... Like, and honestly, it doesn't even matter. I would almost rather just jump into into basketball itself. Like, it, it doesn't matter right. no, what I, got I us to this point saying, as much as we're chatting about it. Podcast, and then you responded in, like, very quickly. And I was like, hey, like, he actually wants to do it. And I thought, we, I was like, maybe we'll get this show on the road. And you, then, you know, we actually are doing it. So. Yeah, 24 okay. hours later. But um, like Steven, why why do you enjoy basketball? Where like I, I remember I think playing against you uh at like Herbert Green, but beyond that, I don't really remember. But like how did that all start? Your love of basketball. Oh man. Uh okay. Do you remember Megan Verbitsky from high school? I do remember Megan Verbitsky. Okay, well, I met her in fourth grade and I was nine years old, and I remember at the time I had just moved back here from where I was living before, a place back called Back to Hanford. Placerville? Yeah, I, I, I moved here, and uh, my mom was living here, and uh, uh, anyway, so for fourth grade, I was nine years old, and I moved here, but um, I had no friends, and I'm like walking around on the blacktop, just like with, with no, no friends at all. And Megan Verbitsky, you know, me and Megan Verbitsky about the same age. Anyway, she were we were in the same class and she was playing basketball with her friend, Corinne Kashopo. Um, Corinne. You remember her? Yeah, I remember Corinne. So she was, she was playing basketball. They were, they were shooting around playing basketball, whatever. And, uh, and Megan was always like really into it, you know, and, and she was always good at it, you know, and, and I, I remember, I think I was like, happened to be watching them playing and then Megan stopped and goes, Hey, you want to play, you know? And I was like, sure. Like I don't have no friends or nothing. Anyway. I'm not doing anything. So, so I, uh, I got in on their, their little shooting around thing and uh, and she would talk about basketball all the time. And because I, I I kept doing it, I kept going and playing basketball with her and Corinne and and um, she she used to do this thing where it was like a give and go play. And she always used to say it's Tisha time because of Tisha Pinachero, Right. And and I, I just loved the whole thing, you know, and, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think she could tell, I think Megan could tell. So she said, 
you that she told me that I should start watching the Kings. I remember she brought up Chris Weber and I didn't know who he was. And well, and this would have been like when the Kings were starting to be good. So like, are you, it sounds like you're, if you were nine years old, you were born in 88. So this is like 97, 98, right? Right. When Chris, yeah, I was born in 80, 89. So, um, so this is like, yeah, like 98. So Pete Kings, the last time that the Kings were like fun to watch. Right. This is Jason Williams years. Pre Bibby. Yeah. So, so, and they were fun then too, you know, and and so they were called the greatest show on hardwood, you know, and, and, um, uh, so Megan told me I should watch them and, you know, I've always, uh, kind of thought that was cool that like a girl told me to watch men's basketball, you know, but, um, because I think women's basketball doesn't get the love that like men's basketball does, but it seems like women are more open to watching men's basketball, but that's just me, you know? Um, Well, I I don't think you're wrong. So like what you're saying is women are more likely to watch men's and women's, whereas men are more likely just to watch men and not women. I think that's a pretty, well, right. No, that's all I'm saying is this. That's common to me. I'm just like, come on. Like, do you watch everything? Um, well, not everything, but if I well, I'll watch a basketball game that's not like an NBA game, you know. Uh, but I are you mainly watching the NBA? Huh? Are you mainly watching the NBA? Mostly, yes. Um, but if I catch a game, like I'll catch a big game that's a college game or something every now and then, you know. Um, I I'm I'm way into the NBA though. And uh, it was because I started watching the Kings like, like Megan suggested, and I got totally bonkers about it. And here's something about me. I'm on the autism spectrum. And I think uh, <laughs> uh, Megan, all of this is her fault, basically. Like, <laughs> like, it all started because she told me to watch them. And I, I think she was, like, very enthusiastic about it because she was, like, She's like all into basketball and everything. Yeah, she's a she's a basketball evangelist, and so she's happy to have right. brought another so one into the fold. Convert, right? She was trying to convert me. So, so you know, I I went to uh, uh, a few games as a kid, and and I I've spent so much money on NBA stuff over the years, and and. Uh, um been to so many games some games I've been some NBA games I've been to I can't remember the second half or whatever because or the first half because I was drunk or something but like most of them like I can remember you know um I just uh that was my early 20s don't judge me so but you know I I have no room to judge (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Uh, party on anyway oh, yeah. <laughs> so 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 we uh, uh i i've been to i've been to a lot of games and stuff and um i would uh, assume mainly king's games right well a lot of king's games just because i'm in the area yeah. you know but, but you get to I see all the different went, teams oh yeah i follow all of them so i i well what happened was the maloofs and uh, like that that the owners whole, of the kings or, yeah, they they're not anymore, but like 
they they I think it's Rana Dive. Yeah. Vivek Rana now. Dive. Yeah. But yeah, but uh they they like ruined the team and tried to sell it and all this stuff and 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 I'm like I was totally turned off by that whole thing and just decided to be an NBA fan because I was like the Kings are a train wreck, you know, now. So so <laughs> Um, I like De'Aaron Fox now, and and I like uh, what the heck is that guy's name? Uh, Buddy Heald. No, not Buddy Heald. Uh, uh, he's really athletic. Um, tall guy. Uh, really, he's a good rebounder. Bagley. Bagley, Marvin Bagley. Uh, I really like him. Uh, he's he's not as consistent as I would like him to be. But when he has a good game, he really has a good game. So, Steven, you and, don't really follow you don't really follow any specific team. You're following everybody as best you can. Yeah, I'll kind of just just so that I have, I'll I'll kind of try to pick the a, per, a team that I think is going to do really well to to kind of root for, you know. But it's not like when I was a kid and I would watch one team and watch all their games and you know be there through the ups and downs and stuff but you know i think like the nba kind of ruined that for me you can't even get attached to players anymore so you know because they're always moving around well i mean you can still get attached to them like i think that's kind of you know like bill if you listen to bill simmons how he always talks about like oh i'm a fan of lebron james so when he's on the Cavs, I love the Cavs. When he's on the Heat, I love the Heat. When he's on the Lakers, I love the Lakers. Like, can't you do well, that? Well, let's be honest here. Simmons is always a Boston Celtics fan. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, but no, he, he definitely likes LeBron, and he definitely hates on Kobe Bryant, to be honest. Yeah. But but um, uh, I I I like his show, you know. Um, I've, I've read his book, the book of basketball, it's over 700 pages. And, uh, I've, I've read parts of the book many times, but I've read the whole book all the way through. I got it for Christmas in like 2012. So do you read uh, a lot of basketball books? Oh, I have tons, dude. Uh, if you're going to put a number on it, like how many basketball books do you think you've read in your lifetime? Oh, in my lifetime, it's gotta be. It's oh my god, um, a lot. I I just I just devour the stuff, you know. Uh, you, I can name some of. Do you feel like it makes you more of a historian or more of like a, like a, a uh, how do I say a historian, a theorist, or an actualist? Where like a theorist is someone who like knows the game of basketball, could coach it. Um, right, an actualist right, is someone right. who plays it really well, and then a historian is someone who knows the game. I think. I I am more historian than anything, but I did play the game. Like I did play organized basketball. So I do understand like, and, and I read a little bit about that. So like I study, uh, I do study that, you know, and I do learn about that, but, and just from watching basketball all the time, you pick up certain things by osmosis. You know what I mean? Like how to, how to do certain things and what's, this you know you learn things but um i'd say i'm more a historian than anything because i read about i'll read about kareem abdul jabbar i read a book about kobe bryant uh i i read more than one book that's about kobe bryant 
Um, I have a book about Dwayne Wade. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Dwayne Wade, Complete Idiot's Guide to Basketball, Basketball for Dummies. It goes on so, and on and so on. So essentially, like, this is the most important, like, uh, let's eliminate humans, but this is the most important thing in your life. Right, right, right. Um, it's, it's, it's a passion for sure. Um, and this, wait, and like, l- let me just go back really quick. So Megan gets you super stoked on basketball, but obviously Megan Verbitsky hasn't been in your life for probably no, since no, high school. No, but like, no, no, so you no. just started cultivating this yourself over time. And just, it really took root. Right. I was, yeah, I was, I'm just explaining the genesis of the whole thing. And yeah. what happened was she was like, you should start watching the NBA. And, and, and she doesn't know what she did. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully so, she finds out uh, because we, uh, we post this for everyone to see. Right. Right. But um, Megan, uh, if you listen to no, this, but, you're responsible for hours and hours and hours that Steven has spent uh, researching basketball, probably at this point, more, more time than you have put into basketball, Megan. Oh God. No, I don't think I've put more time into it. If than you've been has. reading as many books as you've been, Steven, I would not be surprised if you did not to say that Megan isn't reading stuff. I mean, I'm history, pretty sure she's like a history school teacher wise, now. History wise, I probably got her. Like, she's definitely, she's definitely played more about like organized basketball than you have, but she, I guarantee she's not ready. Megan could ball. Like Megan Vabisky could ball, yes, but she got a foot injury, uh, I think, when she was in college. But she played. Um, she actually played one year with my sister. My sister was on Union Mine in uh, in El Dorado, California. Um, right. A senior, and Megan was a, a freshman that year. So right. So Megan, like, so bad. people know Megan is like straight out of the Hoosier State. You know, it's like not literally, but like she could totally hang with those kind of people. You know. Yeah. And and uh, she's she's that kind of person. She's been that kind of person since she was 10 years old, you know, uh, probably even before that. And uh, and so and she was a great player when we were in high school. But like I didn't I, I knew her in, in elementary school and didn't keep in touch with her after that. But I we went to the same schools like so. I would see her around or I would see her like at rallies in high school and I'd see her shoot the ball and like, she's draining shots and I'd go, yep. She was shooting like that in the fourth grade, you know? Okay. But I'm going to kind of start like going into some like rapid fire questions. Cause just these first like 10 minutes we've been chatting have, has piqued my interest into just uh, learning more about your, just getting. Oh, I'm just deep... talking about my early. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Just... But I, I think what what I'd be curious in is what just a couple of things that you said. One, you've said you've been to dozens, probably, of basketball games. Is there one in particular that sticks out to you as like, is this is the greatest game I've ever witnessed live? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, the best game I ever witnessed live was one that's actually more modern. It was like, I think six years ago. And uh, uh, Chris Paul was playing on the Clippers and they had J.J. Redick and DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin and those guys. And I went and saw them play at Golden One Center. Uh, you'll notice a pattern here. I Most of the games I go to are Kings games. But I uh, – just because it's easier, you know. Yeah. But um, – I, I went to that game and I saw 
Chris Paul almost get a triple-double and he didn't even shoot the ball well. And I remember thinking he he was the best player on the floor, you know, and arguably the best player on the floor that night. And he wasn't even shooting the ball well. I think he made two shots from the field, but he was making a bunch of free throws, you know. And um, uh, so that was that was the most fun game, uh, most fun professional game I've ever seen live. So I, wait a second. So it was the be- was it a close game or just the simple fact getting to watch Chris Paul cook and get, almost get that triple double was what stood out? Well. Uh, it, it was that it was watching JJ Reddick score 22 points in the first half. Oh, it wow. was on like, I, I'm not even kidding. He dribbled the ball like four times that entire half and he scored 22 points. Okay. Um, uh, JJ Reddick is a bad dude yeah. anyway. So, so um, it was that it was the game became, the game became close later on in the game because the Clippers jumped out to this big giant lead because the Kings couldn't make any shots, but the Clippers were making like tons of shots. And, um, and uh, Chris Paul kept just finding JJ Redick, right? He just kept passing him the ball and Redick just kept making shots that whole first half. So they came, they jumped out to like a 20 something point lead in the first half, and then the Kings came storming back in the second half, cut it to one in the fourth quarter, and still lost the game. Like they oh, weren't wow. able to, com- they weren't able to complete the comeback. But it was, it was great. I, I loved it. Um, I've been to some other great ones. I saw uh, the Kings play a playoff game, and I think 2003 against Dallas, and uh, um. That was when they had Bibby and Weber and Doug Christie and those guys. And um and the Mavericks would have been like still Steve Nash. I don't think Steve Nash. Oh, yeah, yet yeah, 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 yeah. So that's Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. This is Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. This is this is Nelly Ball. Okay. So they're they're getting up and down the floor. They're scoring a bunch of points. Nash was pretty much always uh, a, an amazing player. Um, and so it was Dirk, you know, but they, on this particular Dallas team, like they played a run and gun style and, um, and those were their two guys really, uh, Dirk and Steve Nash. And then they had like Michael Finley, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, um, and so, that was a lot of fun because like the Kings were really offensive minded as well, you know? And, and so watching that game was a lot of fun. Well, and you're uh, at that point, 13 or 14. So I, I just imagine also at a peak level of interest in basketball and still, Oh yeah. I, started I, I imagine. Playing orga- yeah, go ahead. I started playing organized basketball when I was 14. So like I was starting to understand the game too. So it was more fun, you know? Yeah. And I'm trying to think also being from that area, I've gone to a lot of jazz games now that I live out here in Utah, but my favorite game. And I always, you know how memories are. You, we don't actually remember things that well, but I remember it was an overtime Lakers game. The Lakers won the championship that year. It was either. Oh, not it was Christmas. Oh, nine or like January oh, that was a 2010. Fun team. And it was oh, the Lakers okay. Pagasol 
um, and Kobe Bryant. And like, I'm pretty sure Meta World Peace was on it at the time, but it was the overtime game. I believe Kobe hits the the game tying the game tying uh, at the end of regulation, and then it goes into overtime where Who the Lakers again? win it. The Kings. It was Lakers Kings. Oh, Lakers Kings. Okay. Oh no no no! It was that game. So you were at Staples Center. No no no! That I was at. It was in. It was at Arco. Ar- Arco Arena. Oh, it was at Arco. Okay. I was thinking you were talking about that game where Kobe hit the buzzer beater. Uh, he did three. two. It was that same year. He did two. He did like, and they were really close to one another. Like the one that I he saw was at twice. Arco, and then the one in LA is the one you're describing. Oh, but he did that twice. In this, I'm pretty sure it was the same season and like within 30 days of one another. It wasn't that it wasn't that yeah. distant from one Kobe another. was a Kobe was a king killer, man. He like got up to destroy that team. Yeah, he hated them. I'm sure it has a lot to do with like the three championships um, and then having to play them in the playoffs twice or three times. Um, and like that from the span of 2000 to 2004. So they're, they're the really right. the only that competition king, in the Spurs. I don't know if you were. You probably remember, oh yeah, they had a the the Lakers had a rivalry with the Spurs too, but I think that was more like uh, a mutual respect that the, those two teams oh, had yeah. for each other. Uh, with the Kings and the Lakers back in the day, folks, the Kings and the Lakers. For those of you who don't understand, and probably maybe a lot of you do, but like they did not like each other. They got in a fight. Uh, during a preseason game, okay? The like, Christy Fox fight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where Fox where Fox ran back into the tunnel to, like, fight uh, Doug Christy. Man. And, and, both, and both benches cleared. Like, it was crazy. No. Um, but, yeah, that was the... That was my favorite game. I was, I've always been a Lakers fan. Still, I'm a Lakers fan. Happy that they won this last year. Um, Sorry, I'm going off on tangents, but if you, if you bring up the Lakers and the Kings, I got a lot of memories from that. So, well, there's a lot of cool stuff that happened. I mean, the, the Donahue game, uh, that, that, uh, Samaki Walker hits that three. And then that's also the same yeah. game, the, the Ori shot where it was terrible officiating. Oh, and then, dude. And then they go to game seven Dude. where the officiating was a little bit better, but the Kings just flat out sucked. Um, couldn't make yeah, free no, throws. No, no, no. I, to, to your point, they missed 20 free throws in that game. And, and people want to talk about that game was fixed or whatever because they lost by one point. They threw that game away, okay? How the heck do you shoot 20 free throws in a game and you miss 20 free throws and you're going to complain like, like you, you were robbed. got robbed or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because uh, uh, like, I just, I remember that game so vividly because my brother is a Kings fan and he was okay. livid. So like, we're both watching yeah. the game and like, I'm super excited, but I don't want to like make my big brother upset that like things are really going my way. And he's just like, just make your free throws. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the, the problem was like, okay. Peja, I don't know how many shots Peja Stoyakovic shot in that game. But when games started to get close, Peja usually froze. I, I, I noticed, like, he would play great the first three quarters. The last two minutes of the game, if the game was close, like, I was just like, here we go. 
Well, you know, Peja, you mean like as a anything. focal point of an offense? Because I feel like I don't remember watching this series because I was on my LDS mission at the time, but he did well on that Mavericks championship team. Oh, yeah, no, but at that but point, he was not he was at that. Season. Yeah, he was washed. <laughs> yeah, at that point, that guy, all he could do was shoot. So, yeah. um, but he killed the Lakers that year. Um, in, I can't remember what game it was game four, I think, uh, he like, or game three, he like torched them and made like six threes with, without a miss. And I loved it, but I was just like, Oh my God, he's getting back at them for all the years that, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant kicked his butt. You know? I, I didn't love it, Stephen. Um, I was on my mission, and the way that I found out, I was in Tapachula, Chiapas, Mexico, and there was someone had like a newspaper out, and so I just start reading the newspaper, uh, and it was the the game that the Mavericks had just clinched, and I was like, all right, well, there goes the three Pete that I was hoping for. Um, here I am, just trying to stay positive. I'm losing tons of weight. I'm sweaty all the time. I'm constantly sick. I was hoping maybe, maybe the Lakers could win a third championship, but <laughs> no, not not this time around. But it's all good. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy you enjoyed the game, though. No, I mean I was a Page <laughs> fan, dude. I grew yeah. up watching him. Like, yeah, your bud. Yeah. So, so I was like. You know, I was like enjoying it, but I felt kind of bad for the Lakers. The only thing I didn't like about that game, okay, was the bad sportsmanship on the part of Andrew Bynum. And did you see when he clotheslined JJ Barea? No, I didn't get to watch the game. I mean, I'm sure yeah, I've seen clips so, of it, but I wasn't watching any of this live. Right, right. Okay. So uh, there was a part of that game when big. Giant seven foot Andrew Bynum, okay, clothesline tiny little JJ Berea, who's like under five foot ten, and I was like, "What a <laughs> punk," you know. Yeah. But anyway, what? So um, do, you, do you, Stephen, find that there's like an era in the NBA specifically that you gravitate to as like your favorite time, or is it everything? Oh, oh yes, there definitely is. My favorite era. Um, was that those early 2000s years. Oh, cool. So Because of the Kings uh, or just so, in general? Well, um, I, I, like, I like the, like, you don't see a lot of players that play with their back to the basket, like in yeah. the low post anymore and stuff like that. You don't see old school bigs like that. You don't see gritty defense in today's NBA like at all. Um, there's a version of it, but it's like only in the today's playoffs. NBA. Uh, yeah, it's more so in the playoffs. Today's NBA is is a lot softer than the NBA before. I'm sorry, it it is. Um, I still love it, but like because I just I love watching the athletes and and all that stuff. It's still basketball, but like I I like um. You know, back when they actually used to be able to play defense and stuff, you know. What do you mean? What do you mean and, by that? When they used to be able to play defense? Okay, they used to be able to be a little bit more physical. Than, physical, gotcha. So, so that's what I mean. Is like now you can't even touch a player without them blowing a whistle. 
But well, and it, I also think it's interesting to hear that your favorite time is like that early 2000s, because generally speaking, when you hear like old men talking about it. So I'm thinking like the Charles Barkley's, uh, the Keddy Smiths or like even Shaq, really, like the, or anyone from any generation pre now. They're always just like my generation was the toughest. It was the 80s or it was the 90s or it was the this. Look, or the I that. understand that I sound like a old, grumpy old, old man, man fist waving. <laughs> no, I understand that. But. You know, sometimes that's sometimes it's true. Like, well, and that's um, why I think it's cool that you're saying it's like, no, the mid 2000s, like you weren't the person who's like, oh, yeah, the 80s going all the way back to the 80s when it was super physical. You had you had bird and magic because that's what most people do. They go like all the way back. Um, But I yeah, well, most people go back to their era and just go back in my day, son. Like, well, and, and I look back you know how you judge a generation i feel like you judge a generation of basketball talent by its worst players not by its best because if you go back and look in like the 80s or the 70s like steve debouchier like like no offense uh, to steve i don't even know if he's alive or anything like he would not he he would not be playing as much as he played back then he wouldn't be playing now you mean dave debusher oh yeah dave dave debusher that's it thank you yeah he played for the new york knicks i don't know why i said uh, steve yeah, the guy's name's Dave DeBusher, and uh, he uh, he played for the New York Knicks on the same team that Phil Jackson played on, by the way. Um, when he was a player, he played for the New York Knicks, and uh, he was like a defensive-minded guy, but he played on the same team with Dave DeBusher, and DeBusher was actually, uh, for his time... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah. like, just imagine him, his body type, the way that he is and trans like transferring him even like 10, 15 years in the future. I just don't, I don't see it. Like the physical specimens that we have now compared to back in the day, like, and uh, Bill Simmons talks about this all the time, but like, yeah, you know, people would be like smoking during games. Like there's just no way. And maybe they would have oh, like, in changed the and adapted. There's a lot. Huh? Like maybe they would have changed and adapted and like been like, oh, well, we're not going to smoke. We know all of this stuff about health now, but their bodies were just different. Like they were gross. I just don't I just don't see it. A lot of those people like Bill Bradley's another one of those people like you wouldn't have been good now. I'm sorry, Bill Bradley. Uh, great senator, but you, you probably would have been a terrible basketball player. Well, I'll tell you this. He wouldn't have been able to defend anybody in any generation after the 70s. He wouldn't have been able to defend anyone. So, yeah, because yeah. I, think, I think a lot of the players, could, if the rules change to allow for a more physical game now, I think that would inevitably force them to be physical and have like a um, what you enjoy watching more back to the basket, yeah. more grit and grind as opposed to like the fast break stuff that we're seeing right now. But it's just uh, I mean, I, I love fast break basketball, but it is oh, yeah. possible to have have that style and still be more physical. So, is there anybody is there anybody that you love right now that is just like oh you would be able to play across any epic of time? Okay, uh let me let me think. Uh there's a couple players um right now right now uh cuz there's there's some players from like 20 years ago that I think could play in any era but and and like kill. They would like kick everyone's butt. Michael and Kobe would destroy people in any era. If Michael and Kobe played in the 60s, they would have been people would have thought they were mutants, okay? Uh and and 
and Michael also could play today and would destroy everyone and probably still win championships. He was that good. Um, but, but, you know, Michael Jordan. So, yeah. but um, uh, let's see somebody from today. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's got a lot of, is kind of cut from that old school cloth. Jimmy Butler. Interesting. Like, so I, honestly, I was expecting you to be like LeBron James. Like, I felt like that was like kind of like an easy one. Were you just going for like some random, random player who most people wouldn't expect would be good, like back in the day? Like, I honestly was like I was, Kevin Durant. I mean, LeBron too. LeBron too. I, I could have mentioned LeBron. I could have mentioned Chris Paul, I think. I like that Jimmy Butler one, though, because that's a nice little nugget because I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you there. I, I, I like people who have like that. I think they describe it as like the chip on their shoulder mentality. Anyone who yeah. ever looks like I just want to kick your ass, like those are the players he who plays, no matter what will be good hell, everywhere. He plays hella hard, dude. Like exactly. he plays he plays even for like I, I feel like he could totally play in an older era, you know, in a previous era. He totally could and would do well, I think. I think I think someone who would have benefited from playing later or even like in the mid 2000s compared to like now is someone like Russell Westbrook, where he sucks at threes like we all know that. So maybe right. if the game was a little bit closer and he could just use his explosiveness and power and like his determination, he would have been like a much better player than uh, I mean, he was great. If he won an MVP, he gets those triple doubles, even though people are helping him pad his stats. But like, I think at his ideal it's time would have been hard back in the that, day. Dude. Look, it's still hard to. Oh, absolutely. I don't want to take, I don't want to take like anything away from it. It's just like there, there, there are some times where they're like helping him out, but he just went a hundred miles an hour all the time. They're, they're boxing out for him, but yeah, Yeah. like, like, uh, it's still hard to like, see, here's the thing. Everybody used to drool over triple doubles until Westbrook came along and like ruined it for everybody. (laughs) He, he got, Three three seasons where he averaged a triple double, and then everybody was just like, "Eh, it's arbitrary. Who cares?" That's what I feel like. You know, people people like used to care more about triple doubles. But I you think, still you re- still have to be responsible for thirty total points minimum. Um, so getting the ten assists for twenty points, and then ten points there. So like that's that's th- you're yeah. essentially responsible minimum for one third of your team's points, probably. A little more, like a quarter, maybe somewhere in there, yeah. but still think, really impressive. I actually think back in the '90s, Westbrook could play just fine. I just don't think he would average a triple double. Oh no, no, no! But the game would yeah. have been different. I just think the game would have been better for his style of play because he can't make threes. He sucks at threes. So if he could, right? So he could five break feet closer, down off the dribble, and yeah. get to the basket. Yeah, man. Um, who's your That's favorite player right meant, now? Right? Sorry, that's what you meant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was exactly right. But like, what's who's your favorite player right now? Just like this is if oh, uh, if you have to choose, uh, like- I think the I think the, I think the best player in the NBA, best and favorite is different to me. Okay, but like the best player in the NBA right now is still LeBron James. I don't care who says he isn't, he is, and he has been for ten years. Okay, yeah, so. Like, do you have like a problem with how they do MVPs and votings, or do you think that's just like an arbitrary thing that it's just like, well, they have to do it, so let's just. Give I, it well, it, it sometimes 
well, I think it's not clearly defined is my problem with it. So, yeah. like, that's the be- definition of what the league's MVP is. Like, to be the MVP, you have to do this, this, and that, and this is what makes you the MVP. It's not like that. People just pick and choose, like, uh, what they think is like cool that year yeah like westbrook i don't think Um, westbrook should have an mvp like i know it was really cool what he did like getting averaging a triple double is amazing but he did diddly squat for like congratulations you lost what first round or second round in the playoffs that year i'm pretty sure it was first round like the jazz (laughs) yeah i think what they should do personally is like look for the player that you honestly think is the best player in the league. Okay. And they have to be on a winning team, but like if you're winning matters, if you're not on a winning team, you don't deserve an MVP. Like, but, but honestly, I think Kobe should have gotten it back in 05, 06. Okay. That season, Kobe Bryant destroyed the league. That's like the year he averaged like 37 a game, a, a, a game, right? That's that season. Right. He averaged 35 points a game. 35. So um, 35 points a game, and he's one of only a handful of players to ever do that. Michael uh, averaged 37 one year. But, I bet um, maybe that's worse than And that. Wilt, forget about Wilt. Uh, Wilt averaged 50 points a game, okay? Like, that's never going to happen again historically steven i'm glad that you brought up wilt chamberlain because i feel like he's one of the basket player basketball players i understand the least i know he got the 100 point game i know he averaged like a ton of rebounds a ton of points they changed the rules for him like is he as dominant as people describe him even though he lost all the time to bill russell uh i think he was one of the most dominant players arguably the most dominant player who ever played basketball um and and uh i the reason why is because for some of the reasons you just named when they change are changing rules because of your dominance like you're a man among boys okay and then he averaged 50 points a game one one season had also averaged 25 rebounds a game and yes that had something to do with the trend in the league at the time but that's always the case you know Numbers are always influenced by, they always change based on what the rules are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is so, why we're now seeing so, all of these high numbers now because the rules make it easier to score. And there's obviously- Right, and, and contrary to what a lot of people, I think, think about the 60s, okay? Uh, the 60s was actually a fun era to watch, at least. They didn't have the athletes that they had later on. But, you know- uh like there was much more athletic players later on there's much more athletic players now um but like wilt chamberlain i I believe could play in any era um i think that he'd have to adjust his game a little bit but uh i think wilt like uh um like shaq and wilt okay i think shaq and Wilt are the only two players that can be compared to each other. But basically, Wilt broke the he broke the video game. Okay. He he if you know what I mean, he yeah, I do. 
he was it was like he had a cheat code and nobody could stop him but then uh but my question would be then steven like why didn't he win i know he's going against the boston celtics or whatnot but like why i think he only won like two championships part of the reason part of the reason why he has two championships but part and part and uh one of those championships he was he was uh he became more unselfish he averaged 15 points and 19 assists I mean, 19 rebounds, okay? 15 points and 19 rebounds in 1972. And he uh, won a championship with the 1972 uh, Lakers with Jerry West and those guys. And and I don't think it's a coincidence that the one year he decides to be one of the, one of the very few years he decided to be unselfish, he won a championship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um uh, but he should have more championships because of how uh, gifted a, an athlete he was. But his problem, I think, was Wilt was all about Wilt. For a long time, Wilt was all about Wilt. Until he got to the end of his career, then he became more of a team player. But, like, for a long time, uh, Wilt is one of the best individual talents that the NBA has ever seen. But... Like, for a long time, I think Wilt was all about Wilt. And the reason Bill Russell Celtics always beat Wilt's teams, I think, even though Wilt would crush Bill Russell statistically in all those games, if you look at those stats, okay, uh, Wilt would get, like, 40 points and 30 rebounds and everything every single time he played Bill Russell, okay? But Bill Russell understood that you got to take the other guys along with you for the ride, you know? And so Bill Russell, I loved it because I love the contrast of the two players. Okay. How they played Bill Russell wasn't as individually talented, but Bill Russell understood that basketball is a team game. And so Russell knew I don't have to outperform Wilt. I the Celtics have to beat the Lakers. You see what I'm saying? Um, the Celtics have to beat like Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that was the difference between the two. Wilt wanted more individual glory, and uh, uh, Bill Russell will forever be known as one of the greatest team players that ever played the game. Yeah, uh, I've always had, and granted, I also have to like. It just seemed like such an easy time to win championships. And what I mean by that is just there's fewer teams to go through. What's nice, though, is like the talent pool is all very, very concentrated. So there should be like a similar amount of good players on every team in theory. Um, but it just seems like mm-hmm. if there's only I, I'm just throwing this number out. You probably know the number, Steve. Like there's only 14 teams in the NBA. Like your odds of winning that year in theory are one in 14, whereas now it's one in 30. So. Yeah, it's like one. I think it's one in 32, isn't it? But I, I mean, I'm just just for just for specifics. But like, I know what you mean. There's a lot more teams in the league now just, and a lot more competition. And, and all I'm saying with that, though, is just like Chamberlain, like you should have just got like three or four. Like, I, I feel like he very, very much underachieved. And I just feel bad for that, especially because do yes, you have the championship type mentality that the only way that you can be a greatest of all time is with championships. And I wonder if Will Chamberlain actually was the greatest of all time. He just didn't win that much. 
he he is arguably he he is arguably the greatest individual player ever. that in terms of his dominance ever. Yeah. So uh, it's I just... think LeBron James. Oh, go ahead. I think LeBron James is the best all-around basketball player ever, but but like in terms of like he was he's good at everything. There's nothing LeBron James doesn't do well. But like Will Chamberlain was arguably the most dominant player, the most unstoppable player who ever played the game. So um do you you know how I, I don't want to get into like a LeBron versus MJ debate. It's just like a curiosity question for you. Oh God, but like, yeah, those uh, are I, annoying. I, yeah, we're not going to do a Stephen A. Smith. Um, but just like really quick, do you think that like, does it even really matter? Like as I've been getting older, sorry, I was going to ask you a question, but I'm just going to say a statement really quick. As I get older, I care less and less about my team. Like I love the Lakers. The Lakers are always going to be my team, but I can now sleep at night. I don't have to know if they won that night or i don't have to need to know like that they won a championship am i happy they win one yes that would be great but um i forget where i was going with this i like i just don't care anymore it's kind of the same way like i was always a joe montana guy and then it's just like no obviously tom brady's the greatest of all time at this point but if lebron gets to like that sixth or seventh does that matter i no i i think i think to other people, it, the the how many championships he wins and stuff matters more. But like, my thing is like, it's there's gray area in who's the best at what and everything. Like, who's the best player? It, there's gray area. A lot of it is opinion, you know. And, no one knows. And, That's the thing. No one, unless they actually play against each other, there is no way. Uh, but not just that it's not just them playing against one another but also taking them at whatever the peak of their powers is which essentially is going to be one game there is one game that every single nba player has that is the best game that they've ever played and so you'd have to get that specific version versus that specific best version of jordan durant lebron uh magic larry like and and have them go against each other like there's no way of ever knowing who who is we don't have a hot tub time machine so like (laughs) yeah i'd love to if we did have a hot tub time machine and i got to hang hang out in a hot tub with uh, lebron jordan and magic uh, and wilt throw wilt in there along with magic that's a fun little conversation i might not want to be in the hot tub but (laughs) yeah uh yeah that would that would be the the what matters I think the most for for me is are they in the discussion okay like that and and for a long time as a kid I cared more about who's the greatest like who ca- there are, there's a bunch of great players are they in the discussion you know so yeah. I kind of like how Bill Simmons does it where he has like his pyramid, but even with a pyramid, you have to have that one at the top. But I, I, I do think that there's tiers. Like you have like your, and that's what sucks about the hall of fame. Like there's a bunch of people who shouldn't be in the hall of fame. Like you should have your oh, yeah. hall of famers, your superstars, your all-stars, your, your role players, your uh, specialists and, 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 and whatnot. But um, yeah, I don't think there's yeah. as much as I love Michael Jordan. And like, I'll be honest, I, 
I'm not, I've never been a big LeBron fan, but I think that's because I, I like the Lakers. And so Kobe, I naturally, I just have to like Kobe over LeBron. And then LeBron comes to the right. Lakers. I'm like, well, now I need LeBron to be good. So the I, I will can win. say this. I will say this, Alex. I am a bigger fan of Kobe Bryant than I am of, uh, um, interesting. Uh, LeBron. I, I'm a bigger fan of Kobe Bryant than I am of LeBron. I'm a big fan of both, but like, uh, you know, I'm a bigger fan of uh, why Kobe. Let's and actually, we're coming up on an hour here now, Stephen. So, like, let let me let's make that your last question. We'll make that the last question. What what why do you like Kobe more than LeBron? Um, well, uh. uh I guess it's because it's partly because I I grew up watching him play more than I did LeBron and then like I I didn't like Kobe as as a kid but I respected him as an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even even as a kid and then when I got older when I like 17 18 19 i was like i just i just loved him you know and and part of the reason i like him so much is because he worked so hard and he wasn't a prima donna you know and he you know when it when it came to like he would play he would play hurt he would play you know he's he's like I said, he people always say how he worked so hard and he, he could talk trash and he could back it up. And he better than almost anybody that ever played. And he would he's that player that you imagine you are when you are shooting socks into a laundry basket. Kobe. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, that he's that guy. Kobe's that dude, you know, that's why I love him. Yeah, I think it, I think there is some sort of for whatever reason I have this bias against people who play for one team versus playing for multiple teams too. I don't know why. That's a dumb thing. Like that it, well, maybe it's because no, no, I value no, it's loyalty. Not, it's not completely. And here's why, okay? Because the greats that only played for one team, they Michael Kobe they played with whoever they were given. They didn't do what LeBron and, and a lot of other players now have done, even though they're great players. Like they don't hold a candle to Michael and Kobe to me because, because they, in a way like those guys are more legendary because they worked with who they were given, you know? And and they didn't leave and look for greener pastures. So, love it, man. Um, any, any, we we should do this again. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to like go over too many things. This was kind of just like a hodgepodge, getting like a feel for everything. Um, I'd love to. Right, to and chat I won't with- ramble on as much, you know. Uh, the next one, but well, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to have you on again. Like, uh, essentially, we can just do like a an update like you know how like you do your predictions on facebook uh that are often wrong yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding they're often no, wrong I because mean, it, it, it's hard to predict who the mvp is gonna be there's 400 players and you have to choose one <laughs> it's just well, but the predictions like they're predictions for like 
you're predicting. You don't have a crystal ball, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, like, I was just kidding. I was just being tongue those- in cheek. Like you, you predict probably just as well as Max Kellerman, as Bill Simmons, as, as Stephen A. I think everyone predicts just as well as these people who get paid millions to predict and commentate. And you know why is because nobody's clairvoyant, you know? No. Like nobody knows. So. Well, no, I remember. All I, you can uh, do is. I said the Suns pre pre the trade. I said the Suns weren't going to make the playoff with playoffs with their team as currently constituted. Then they make the Chris yeah. Paul trade. I'm like, all right. Well, I did say it's currently constituted, and I still am. But there's no way of there's no what if for that anymore. Or it, it's only a what if. It's what if Chris Paul doesn't come? Would they have not won? But um, I've been I've been enjoying this basketball this year. Happy to see like the that the talent has kind of been evenly dispersed again. Um, a little bit. I know the Lakers are looking dominant, but I say uh, next time that we chat, we go into just like what's going on with basketball, what we've, uh, what we've been liking and and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Um, I really like the the Chris Paul trade to the Suns. I just would have liked to see him play for Milwaukee or some team like that where he could have had a chance a to win a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a great player. But, uh, and unfortunately, I think now he's going to end his career without a ring. But I'll tell you what, if he doesn't get hurt, you know, a serious injury, uh, as long as him and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are all healthy, like, as long as they keep that core, Phoenix is making the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Well, Stephen, this has been a pleasure, man. Uh, I'll uh, I'll hit you up. I'll let you know uh, when it gets posted. Thanks for taking the time today, dude. All right. Um, I hope I hope I wasn't too boring for people. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't I don't think it's gonna be boring at all. This is uh, we're just getting started. Okay, this this is my first one, everybody. So uh, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe lead with that instead of saying it at the end. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> trying to trying to trying to cop out now no um, no no, I, no i'm just saying like the other ones will probably be more enjoyable like our future ones but oh yeah, yeah we'll have we'll have a more of a, a structure of where we're gonna go i was just curious to get to more, like i see all the facebook stuff that you that you do and like i i won't pretend to say that i've w- listened to or watched all of your videos because you do a lot of them but um i've always right, just been right, like right. you at least know i can tell that you at least know your history like oh yeah i judge judge what you it. will for your commentary on the game but you at least i like just you going like oh yeah phil uh, uh wilt chamberlain won in 72 oh you mean david debouchier oh yeah he played with uh with phil jackson like you know your shit <laughs> yeah i know it's because uh, like i i said i was looking at i'm just looking at my bookshelf i like i have tons of books about basketball history and nba history so and i've read most of them so like you know, uh, I know a ton of history, so cool, dude. Well, um, I'll uh, chat with you later, and uh, everyone else that's listening, have uh, have a great time, and we'll catch you on the on the next one. Don't waste your time commenting, and from the looks of it, nobody ever really spent any time commenting. Do subscribe so that you can always get the new pieces as they come in. That's really all that I have, because there's nothing else to say. Keep being better, and looking forward to chatting with you next time.